happening. Stephanie, welcome back. I am here with another guest, which is super exciting. And we are doing this back to back. So still on that ACL recovery train. Um, it's been a time. It was my first ACL and I saw uh, my lovely guest, Hannah, today. You made it. Did you just go one day? I did only go one day. Last year, I went every day, both weekends. So wow. I, I earned my ACL Austinite Girl Scout patch for every day of ACL. Was that your first time going and you just did it? No, I, okay. this, this was my fourth year. Okay, wow. Yeah. So you did both weekends back to back. That's intense. I know how to pace myself. Yeah, that's helpful. And I love to dance. So. Yeah, you do. That was, it was, it was a time. I had a really good time. Um, it was long though. I think it just felt so long because we did, we did after parties on like mm. Friday and Saturday. Yeah, that's a lot. And so it's like when it normally ends at like 10, you're like, fine cool but <laughs> what time do we get back Caleb from Saturday like four in the way it was yeah, so late it was so late Ooh. yeah it was late we went out to concourse project for oh, zomboy and it yeah. was crazy mm -hmm. but we talked all Techno about den that oh, I love that place <laughs> I love I love the disco ball it's like that's my thing it's beautiful yeah it's, it's sick but awesome uh Hannah Deindorfer is here with me today you said it right I, of course <laughs> me? I'm not gonna mess your name up. I, I don't, we were just talking about before this podcast started. I was like, I don't even know how to introduce you, but I'm going to introduce you in my own personal way. Please do. And then I will let you take it away Go for, for it. who you are. But Hannah has been like all of the things for me. Mm -hmm. So I feel very blessed that now I call her my friend and mm -hmm. I've gotten to call you that for a long time, but Hannah started out. I found her as like my first business coach, yeah. um, as a fitness entrepreneur, um, Hannah got me started with a lot of things for the program that I still offer. We were just talking about before we started, she did like design stuff for me, like really melded the way that I like did so many things, mm -hmm. um, and helped me get past like a point that I was really struggling to get past. And it was amazing. Um, that kind of transitioned into, just staying in touch as friends. And then when you came around and started doing some things for like personal development and stuff like that, I did some of those courses. Mm -hmm. I actually mentioned you on the episode that airs tomorrow. So by the time this is out, it's been out already, but I was talking about how my ex and I did some of like the relationship things you were doing mm -hmm. for a while. Um, so there was some of that involved. And then I did your inner edge program. Yeah. And then we did the sacred slut. Hell yeah. And then I actually pick up with really important stuff with Hannah. All of it is important, but I pick up with that where the last solo episode I did kind of ended where I was talking about kind of getting into that space of like life really sucked and I was really sad and I was going through a lot of stuff. And I had been playing around with the idea of attending a retreat that Hannah was going to be holding in Austin before I lived here. And I ended up, um, like I was just going through it and I feel like it was like a month before it. And I was just like, I have to do this. I have to go. Mm -hmm. I texted you and I didn't, you, I don't even think, you know, if you had spots left and you're like, of course you can still come. Like, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so I did it and it was just absolutely life-changing for me. I point back to that, to every, I tell people that all the time I've told Kayla about, it, I've told everyone about it and it was so magical and I met amazing people, but it really helped me get into what that last solo episode was talking about where I uncovered so much and brought back to therapy, being able to really see what was going on in my relationship as far as like the type of like manipulation and abuse that was happening. I like have such a vivid memory of like coming to that with the group of women that we were with. Yeah. And 
So that's the last thing that I was like doing with you in like a professional setting, if we want to call it that. Um, And now you're just, you're still doing all the things and you're about to have another retreat. Yes. So what are you up to now? What is, what is it? What are you, what's like your business card now? (laughs) Um, Sex fairy. Sex fairy. We love it. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah. I work with women and couples on deepening intimacy, having connection to their bodies, having sovereignty over their desires and being able to move through the world with turn on uh, whatever that looks like for each person individually. And it's such a blessing that I get to do that for my work. I had so many calls yesterday and every single one, I was like, I'm so fucking stoked to be on this call. I'm so excited to show up and serve these people. And like, that's how I know that this is right for me in this moment in my life. I'm also very multi-passionate. So who fucking knows where my life is going to go after this, but, um, for the time being sex fairy is where I'm at. Perfect. And retreats and group programs and one-on-one stuff. Yeah. I'm going to be doing more in-person workshops and play parties next year here in Austin in Austin. Okay. Okay. And you, do you still do stuff in like, I feel like it kind of ties in, in my brain, but like in the relationship realm as well, like with women and couples too. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm working with a couple, there's a lot of stuff in the sex space that is relational. Mm -hmm. Like most of sex is it's one, it's a very personal journey to discover your sexuality, to uncover what that looks like, what you like, what your turn-ons are. But then um, there's only so far you can go in expressing your sexuality alone. Um, And then to be able to take that, what you've learned and share it with a partner, that's where most shit goes funky. Um, So yeah, Yeah. relationship stuff for sure. That's so cool. And I just, I love everything. I always have. I've sent so many people to your page. Like I just, I love everything that you bring out to the space. And this is something I was talking about um, with last week's ja- guest it was yesterday, but for listeners last week, um, Jazzy too, is because she's such a big like advocate and proponent for that. And just like my whole thing with this podcast when I started and I mentioned in the intro episode is like so many of these topics are just like still taboo for women to be talking about mm-hmm. in general. And it's really frustrating because like we're also sexual creatures. We're also yeah. like allowed to be that way and express it. Mm-hmm. And you just like show up like loud and proud that way and really encourage other women to do that and that's been so cool to just see with women that I've known through your programs and see the way that they change the way they show up Mm -hmm. and um you know I I went through sacred slut with two of my best friends did it and just they both still credit you so much to their Mm -hmm. changes in like intimacy and like their relationship also though the big piece of that I think is overlooked I think when people maybe like see you do a really good job of talking about it but I think people see it and it's just like oh like sex coaching or whatever and they don't think about the way that that also helps them with like their relationship to themselves and their own body and I've seen that for like me and my friends so much from the work that you do yeah absolutely I think for me it's impossible to separate um personal development somatics which is the expression of healing through our bodies and to aliveness and sex because sex is a physical expression and it's so tied into energy and our spirit and and how those things develop and so it's like I can't separate that yeah so yeah yeah that makes sense Mm -hmm. but 
Uh, so what do you, what do you have coming up? You have the retreat coming up and that's focused on kind of like that intimacy mm-hmm. sector too. Yeah. Okay. And then what are you offering right now? Like that's new. It's like, you're doing another round of sacred slut, like things like that. Right. So I may not do sacred slut again. Okay. Um, the way that the market is right now and the capacity people have mm-hmm. to spend money to yeah. invest in coaching right now is a lot lower. Yes. I get that people's yeah. budgets are lower. And so I'm taking advantage of this opportunity to create more affordable yeah. offers for people. Um, so I'm going to be having workshops that are way cheaper, shorter programs that are cool. way cheaper. Um, by the end of the year, I want to build out a membership cool. space for people. So yeah. people can have access to this information without having to pay thousands and thousands of dollars for it, because right now it's just not fucking feasible. And I yeah. think it's fucked up that people are still trying to push like insanely priced packages on yeah. people that are not able to afford their rent. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I just finished doing with, uh, in the fitness realm of stuff I still do. Um, I came out with like a membership thing and stuff for the same reason. So I was seeing that show up even just for like the pricing of fitness coaching is just like right now. Cause I mean, I had to kind of have that cock with myself where I was like, I couldn't really invest in this right now. So like, why am I asking Absolutely. somebody else to do that? Yeah. Um, so I think that's really awesome, especially with the type of stuff that you do, or like, I think it's really unfortunate that a lot of times the personal development type work is so pricey yeah. and I like definitely understand why and the value of it, but it's like this kind of, I don't know. It's always like, why does it have to be so expensive to better ourselves? So it's like, of course, can you get better at a higher level if you mm-hmm. can pay more because you're putting in more time yeah. and things like that? Yes. But it's so awesome for there to be something like at a lower tier totally. for someone to still be able to like be a part of that. Yeah. I mean, for me, the work that I do is not at all about money. Mm-hmm. Like I, if I was making no money, I would still fucking do this work yeah. because I think it's so important and critical for people to be able to regulate their nervous system, know themselves, know their bodies. So like, I just want this to be in people's hands as yeah. quickly as I can get it to them. Yeah, for sure. I, I love that. And that's like such a huge inspiration for me. And when you were talking about all the different hats that you wear and how you're always doing everything else, it's like, how I feel about like, I was like, I've done so many jobs. Like I've worked so many different things. And it's just like, as soon as my like passion, like I might still have passion for all of those things in different realms, but as soon as that's like not in alignment with me, it's like, I want to just like move into whatever feels like it is. And you're one of the people that first like helped me do that mm-hmm. and start wanting to do that. Yeah. And that's been really cool. And that's kind of what I talked about with this podcast, opening it up is that I was like, I remember at this space, we actually helped on a call about it, that I was like, maybe I want to get into like helping other people with like their healing and stuff like that. And like, I'm going through this. And I kind of mentioned on there that I was like, I wanted to help people with that, but like the ways that it's being done just didn't align with me. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, what does? And I was like, this does yes. like, I, I was like, for me, this makes more sense. And mm-hmm. I didn't really see it as this helpful thing until like I gave this whole backstory of the podcast that was like helping me over the last year. And it was like bringing that mix of like, I feel like there's so much seriousness in the space of like getting better and like leveling yeah. up. And I was like, not everybody's good. That doesn't hit for everybody. And like, sure. I found someone who like brought so much comedy into that because mm-hmm. it's like, life is funny. All like, the shit makes no sense. Funny. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. This absolute nonsense <laughs> like, going on here. It's nonsense. And so we're like, talking into a microphone that's being recorded yeah. by a video thing that people are going to maybe consume through their ear holes and through their eyeballs and then bonkers like, in, the <laughs> in the middle of space at 16.8 billion years to happen like what the fuck is going on here yeah like and when you step back and look at it like that it's just like 
well, we should be laughing more. None of this matters. No. So like when I was going through it, like to me, it was like, it started out. I just like loved this podcast because it was something that made me laugh. And sometimes you want to break from the fucking work. It's yeah. what Jasmine and I were talking about. And but you I, actually yeah. need it. Yes. You li- legitimately literally need, need it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And so giving me that comedic like breather was so helpful. And then realizing that through that, like there was still just these like nuggets of wisdom and things totally. people were talking about that were still helping me. And I was like, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. and exactly like you said this doesn't make me any fucking money right now yeah. like I said in last week's episode I would love for it to so leave those ratings and reviews but <laughs> sponsor me please somebody um but I want to keep doing this even if it doesn't bring me any money because I really yeah. enjoy it and I just if I can help anybody the same way that like the girls podcast to help me that would yeah. just be really cool and that really is how things grow yeah like if you give your heart to something if it's really passionate for you and you go full out into it that's it can't help but take off people love enthusiasm they're Mm -hmm. drawn like a magnet to enthusiastic loving people who genuinely are of service yeah it's just natural for sure and it does not hurt to bring really fucking cool guests on your podcast like me like hannah in case you didn't know i'm fucking awesome she is i said in my intro episode i was like i'm gonna get some great people on here i was like hopefully my friends too and i was like actually my friends are also dope so that can be like the same thing yeah too there's some crossover yeah so awesome (laughs) well we we wanted to i was i hate like I hate outlines and topics for like things. And so I was talking about this with yeah, this podcast. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't work that way. I've never worked <laughs> that way. It's like, honestly, my like biggest pitfalls as entrepreneurs, I just wake up every, I know Caleb gets it. Like <laughs> I wake up every day and I'm just like, we'll see what, how today goes. We'll see what I'm doing. I don't know. And if I have a meeting, it's like the only structure to my day. Days mm-hmm. without meetings are just chaos. Cause I'm just like, yeah, we'll do this. We'll do that. <laughs> Whatever. Um, everything will be fine. Ev- everything will be fine. Caleb <laughs> is our this. token. Everything will be fine guy whenever we're in need, he just sends that text and we're like, okay, it's, it's going to be good. Yeah. So it is. And like, honestly, bless uh, my girl, Kara Goss with our, my other podcast. Cause she is an outline queen. She's a scheduling queen. She does all the things, has it all ready for me every time we do the podcast. And I, I'm the one texting her like on a Monday before we record on Tuesday. Like, what are we talking about tomorrow? She is the boyfriend that you need. Oh my God. <laughs> She's my partner, man. I tell you what. We talk about this all the time. And we actually got really into like the Enneagram stuff the one time. Yeah. And we looked at like our Enneagrams and it was literally basically talking about how in a partnership, especially a working partnership, we are like the perfect halves. And we were just like, this is so cute. Um, So I had all these people asking, I say all these people, we got like one anon question. (laughs) All the people wanted to know, um, like if whatever I was doing, we were talking about starting this podcast. So Kara told me the more that I pretend that I'm famous and everyone cares about this podcast, the more I'm manifesting it. So I just like pretend I'm talking to like hundreds of thousands of people. (laughs) All of you people out there that are listening to this. Exactly. Hi, mom. Hey, mom. Uh, I hope my mom doesn't listen to this. Um, but she, she was like basically um, talking about this whole concept. And on our other podcast about me launching this one, and we got a Q&A question. And they were like, oh, does this mean you're leaving Not Your Quick Fix since you're doing this one? And I was like so flattered that people even cared that I was leaving. <laughs> like I was just like, oh, I just thought I'm the person that like doesn't shut the fuck up on our episodes. And Kara was like, no, like our whole, everybody like likes our dynamic. Mm. We like the, you know, bouncing forward, back and forth. So Cute. that's why I will never leave that podcast is because I lo- I still love doing fitness content, but mm. Kara and I's dynamic is great. And I wish we could do it in person like this all the time. Yeah. But looping back around to outlines. Yes, to outlines. <laughs> we're back to outlines. We don't have one, obviously, because wherever that just went, that's how my brain works. <laughs> 
It's on a train to nowhere. On a train to nowhere. Looping back to outlines. We don't have one. However, I saw a reel that Hannah posted this week. Today? Today. Today. Perfect. And I was like, this would be perfect because something I mentioned in the intro episode was that this whole journey I'm going to lay out this last year and the work I've started really trying to do has to do with like this consistent attraction to, I believe the way I eloquently phrased it in the first episode is garbage. Um, and I was like, why does this keep happening to me? Why do yeah. I keep repeating this cycle? Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think a lot of people start with that question as like, why do these people keep finding me? Like, why are they attracted to me? Yeah. And I had to start kind of looking at like, why am I attracting them? Yeah. Like, um, what is it in you that is creating this? Yeah. So yeah. like, I would love to just like kind of hear your thoughts or like what it is that you were like diving into with that type of content about like for, for girls or, you know, like we said, um, this applies to anyone exclusively. So like, if you just keep attracting like the bad guy or the bad partner, mm-hmm. like what, what are your thoughts on that? Where's that coming from? It's trauma. Um, but I mean, even if you don't have severe trauma, um, so I'm going to give some context yeah. about attachment mm-hmm. and what that is. You opened me up to that. Yes. Years ago. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you haven't read the book attached, highly recommend yeah. uh, to teach you about what your attachment style is and what it means is essentially our parents, when we're very young, they are our attachment figures. We rely on them for safety, for love, uh, for validation, and depending on how responsive our parents are to those needs um, and how we respond to their responsiveness, it creates a pattern um, that we play out in our relationships. Um, I learned recently that your parents only have to get it right like three out of 10 times. For you to be securely attached. Interesting. But if they miss that 30%, so a baby's crying, a baby cries 10 times, or they have these very subtle cues for what they need. Um, if a parent misses it seven out of 10 times, the baby's still gonna end up fine. So you can fuck up a bunch. Okay. Um, That's pretty sure miss, the parents out there. Totally. <laughs> if you miss that 30%, if you miss those three times that the baby needs you in a certain moment, or you misread the signs, um, likely your baby is going to feel as they grow up, either anxiously attached or avoidantly attached or Mm -hmm. disorganized. Um, And what those things mean are, if you are anxiously attached, you find yourself um, clinging to the other person, you find yourself very fearful of abandonment, um, you place a lot of your self-worth in other people. Uh, If you're avoidant, uh, when someone comes near you to have more intimacy with you, uh, you pull away. There is a fear of smothering, a fear of being consumed by a relationship. And so you keep intimacy at bay. Um, If you're disorganized, like me, uh, (laughs) you have some mixture of both, which is a living hell and nightmare. Um, And the last category is secure. So all people can work towards having secure attachment. Um, wherever you fall on that spectrum, you, it is a spectrum. There will be moments when you feel more secure in relationship and there will mm-hmm. be moments where you feel less secure in relationship and, um, no one ever is hundred percent secure. All right. the time. Um, but securely attached people feel very confident in themselves, feel very able to be in intimate situations and also feel very independent and can rely on other people at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's the dream. The dream. Um, so What's that like? <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting there, honestly. I'm yeah, doing great. I believe I'm it. really getting there. You're doing great. Um, but the reason why we attract people that 
are like that is because we take our attachment figure, we download from them the exact pains that they caused us, the exact moments where they missed the cues for affection. We internalize that pain. And then when we get older, we go and seek out a partner that will wound us in the exact same way. Mm -hmm. Why we do that, um, there are many theories why we do that. One um, is because we have this um, feeling of safety and comfort in that repetition of pattern. Mm -hmm. It's familiar, it's known. So even if you grew up in, a, in an abusive household, that is what you know to be loved. Right. Um, the way that your parents demonstrated whatever God to child, parent to child mm -hmm. relationship looks like, that is what we assume love to be and right. then create those same patterns. Um, and even if it's not that extreme, maybe you just are attracting people that ghost you. Um, same thing, mm -hmm. you know, maybe a parent was absent when you were a child and then you're repeating those patterns. So um, one is familiarity is why we re repeat that pattern. But I think there's also an ulterior motive for growth that exists inside of us. Mm -hmm. Like we want to find a way to complete that trauma and move beyond that level. So yeah. we seek out someone that's going to wound us in the same way so that we can respond differently than we could have when we were a child and we didn't know any better. The more we gain mm. self-awareness, the more we have this ability to complete that cycle yeah. of trauma and then move beyond it into healthier relationships. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yes. That's really, that's really interesting. Look at that too. Like, do you feel like almost in a way of like, you're trying to conquer it through mm -hmm. that person? For sure. Yeah. 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 And you'll notice most people notice that like, hopefully with each relationship, they're all, they get a little bit better every time. Like every time, maybe you repeat the same cycle the next one is like a little bit better or mm -hmm. you're a little smarter or the cycle happens quicker. Like maybe you were in an abusive relationship for three years and then you attract another abusive partner, but you recognize the pattern and it only takes you a year to get out. And then the next time it's only three months. And then the next time it's only two weeks. And then eventually the pattern just dissolves because yeah. you've got through it. You completed it that right. many times. Yeah. So all of that context is that to say when you're consistently attracting like the bad guy mm -hmm. to loop that back. Yeah. That's typically because you've had someone like the bad guy as a caregiver at some point. Typically. Okay. A caregiver or um, a mentor or a first relationship. Mm -hmm. Okay. Whatever your initial uh, imprints of love were. I love that expansion too, because I've definitely had conversations with certain like friends or even like people I've dated that have been in scenarios where they've been like, oh, like my parents were x y and z like they don't have any identifiable quote-unquote issues yeah of this thing but it's like it goes back to you know okay well what partner did this or things mm -hmm. like that too yeah. um so i love including that too mm -hmm. so how how do people get out of that it's like the magic <laughs> question right like yeah. it's the loaded question like how do yeah. we stop doing that i mean first things awareness mm -hmm. like you know if you notice that you are consistently attracting the bad guy then you already are step one complete like you have awareness that you're doing that. And then there's this really awkward phase that super fucking sucks where you're like, I know that I keep doing this, but I can't stop doing this. Oh, that feels like me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that phase is hands down the worst part because yeah. you absolutely feel like a piece of shit um, about yourself because you're like, I know that this is bad for me and I still keep choosing it. Yeah. Um, and it's at that point that most people experience this kind of self-loathing um, that is really natural in personal development once you start creating awareness of your patterns. Um, and I want to avoid you 
and warn you, avoid you. I want to warn you against <laughs> doing that. Um, because it's a really natural part of the process. Yeah. Um, to be in a stage where you're still doing the shit that you know is bad for you. Um, but you have awareness of it. Yeah. So once you're at that point, um, there's a whole bunch of things that you can do. Um, the first one being literally choose to do anything differently than you've done before. Yeah. Like anything, any pattern interrupt, any slight subtle difference that you can make in what it is that you're doing. That is 1% different than what you did before. Yeah. Huge. That's, that's, I needed that today. Honestly, (laughs) it's like one of those things, like I was just, um, talking about this with a friend this week, because again, we haven't gotten to this character yet, so I'm not deep diving, but like, you know, I've had that frustration with myself about being like, okay, like I let someone like temporarily back into my life that I shouldn't have potentially. And like, you know, that, that anger is coming from like primarily at myself. Cause I was like, you've been doing all this work. You like have identified this pattern. You've identified why you're even attracted to this person, like mm-hmm. all these things. And it's like, why is this happening? Like, why yeah. am I doing this? Like, why am I doing this to myself? Like I'm letting myself down. But I kept taking away and being like, well, I'm kind of proud though, because like I, stood up for myself in X, Y, and Z ways. And I've, I never did that with the the partner that y'all just listened to all the bullshit about the last two episodes. Like, you know, the way that I even just like presented my feelings was way different and Mm -hmm. all of those things. And I think it's so easy to like overlook that and just look at this like glaring quote unquote mistake. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, is we're going to repeat the same patterns over and over and over again until we die. Yeah. That is how that works. But if you can get better every single time you do it the margin for error keeps getting smaller and smaller Mm -hmm. and you eventually end up in patterns that are more supportive for a healthier life yeah the other thing in addition to not hating yourself which this is they go hand in hand is starting to do things that build your confidence and trust in yourself yeah Um, because the reason why you're continuing to go back to that hurt is also in tandem with the parent stuff is a, it's a product of low self-esteem. Um, and the number one way to start getting trust with yourself is just start keeping promises to yourself. Small things like making your bed or getting up at a certain time or choosing to eat certain types of food or um, keeping your word to your friends, saying you're gonna be on time and be on time and just building those little habits of integrity that over time create this internal sense of, oh, I trust myself. Yeah. Because when you repeat a pattern over and over and over, what that does is it degrades your sense of trust in self. Yeah. Um, So starting to recognize and do things that are in favor of self, in favor of me trusting myself, um, really exponentially make that process faster. Yeah. Like, because you can just float along on self-awareness and eventually it'll get better. But if you want to speed that process up, start doing things that are in favor of making yourself proud. Yeah. I love that. That are outside relationship. Yeah. That's huge. And I think that it's not really the obvious solution because it's so, it feels so unrelated for it to be like all these things for myself Mm -hmm. impacting how I show up in a relationship. I mean, it really, it makes sense. But if you think about it, like the reason why you're attracting these partners, if it is because of your parents, we'll assume that that's true. Right. That, that relationship, there wasn't a caring adult that you could trust. There wasn't a caring, loving adult there as a figure for you that you could rely on. Mm -hmm. And so when you're doing these things that are building trust with self, what you're also doing is reparenting yourself. You're creating internally 
a model of what it looks like to have a responsible, loving adult care for you. And that allows you to then have someone else show up that's going to mirror that to you, yeah. a partner that will show up and say, oh, look at you taking care of yourself. You're so well taken care of. You're so well adjusted. I'm going to treat you that way too. Yeah. And then you also won't tolerate that other shitty behavior because right. you're like, I treat myself so good. Fuck you if you don't. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That is, that should be the message. Yes. And I think that that makes so much sense. Just like, as you talk about these things, I like see like this reel of my life play. Right. <laughs> and it's like constantly a result of like how every time I found one of these types of partners is when I have been at a very like low invulnerable place myself, totally. like internally mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I, that's when I have attracted those types of people. Mm-hmm. And I would also be curious to know if like, there's something likely in that about what that person is seeking from their own pattern, right? Like, mm-hmm. cause typically if they're like that type of person that's on the flip side, they've probably had the carrier where that's more like in that position, like I am like that needy person or that smothering person or whatever that is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I like hate to use those type of words, but in terms of like what, you know, avoidance may look at it as or whatever else, um, you know, that, that kind of ongoing codependency that's yeah. mutual. Yes. And that's super interesting to kind of reflect on and really ask yourself like okay if I brought in this type of person like where was I at mentally and like how was I treating myself during that time yeah because I mean one of the most important things that my first relationship coach taught me was that whoever I have as a partner in my life is treating me the way that I treat my inner child yeah it's always a one-to-one reflection if I'm ignoring her if I'm not listening to her if I'm not caring for her if I'm not nurturing her giving her time taking her out to play, taking her on dates, taking her to go swing at the park, letting her dress however she wants. I'm going to have a partner that shows up and mirrors those things right back to me. Cause they're like, Oh, that's how you care for you. Okay. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. I mean, right before this started, we were just talking about it. I mean, I was giving my own context, but it's like, we do show people how to treat us. And I think a lot of us ignore that when we're frustrated about the way someone is acting, but like, basically we are accepting things, basically like what we're tolerating. Someone's going to keep repeating that behavior because you've shown them that that's okay. Yeah. But a lot of times you've shown them that because that's how you're used to treating yourself. Right. And I think that's so interesting. And I wanted to point out to you, like when you were talking about like repeating these patterns and things like that, um, I have two things, two Hannah-isms that oh, always yeah. stick out with me. Lovely we love, quoted. We love Hannah-isms. And one of the one that comes to mind when you do that is was like so simple and so impactful for me. And you didn't even say it to me. You sent it to somebody else uh, and they told me about it um, by proxy, one of our retreat gals. So is that you're going to do it till it's done. Yeah. And it's like, that's so simple, but it was like, it's, that has brought me so much like peace over the last mm. year when I, and like, Sometimes I've had to like check myself and be like, is this the cop out to keep doing this thing? Mm -hmm. But also it's like just given me so much like grace for myself when it keeps happening. And it's just like, you will continuously repeat this pattern until the lesson's been fucking learned. Yeah. And, or until it hurts enough that you hit rock bottom. Yeah. You have to do something different. Yeah. And that's like where, I mean, we kind of, we joked about this when I saw you last, when we set up this podcast and I was like, I got to this point where I was like, okay, bitch, like, what are you doing? Why are you still allowing this? This is bad. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of that moment and it was like really hard. And that's kind of what led to these moments I was having over the last month that I was speaking with, uh, on the last episode with Jasmine about where I was just like, 
I'm so tired of doing this. Like why I'm doing all the right things for myself. Like I was, I was filling you in and talking about on the podcast. I just did this like whole like single September thing and like took this time and was doing all this work and really putting in like a lot of effort to that and wasn't really paying attention to how much draining that was. And like, I got to a place where I was just like, this still hurts so bad. Like I'm doing all these things and like, why don't I feel better? And Mm -hmm. it's like feeling like I was in this process of like letting go all of these things. And it was like, I feel like I should be getting like rewarded for doing all this and like having all these days. And I just had moments where I would text her, uh, the guest I had. And I was just like, I'm so fucking sick of doing the work today. I'm so tired of like being the better person or being the bigger person in this scenario. And I always come back to my personal favorite hand-ism, which is that growth often feels like loss. And I know you've like made content around that and everything too. And I have since then and always tag you because I'm just like, that is like something that hit so hard for me because I do think people expect it's like when you're like, if you're growing and you're moving in the right direction, it's like always going to feel good. It's going to be reaffirming. Right. Like, I think that's, I think that's the illusion though. Mm -hmm. I definitely thought that before I, anyone who hasn't done like personal development stuff yet, or that mental emotional work, or it's like when you go, I remember I used to come home from therapy and Goodwill, that's his pseudonym on the podcast. Um, has, has like, I would come home and I'd be like, clearly had been crying. Like I thought therapy is supposed to be making you like feel better. And I was like, it is like what do you mean like and I just I would just like come over like keep crying for like hours and I was like this is like part of it but I don't think that that's like what you see when we're looking at everybody's like eat pray love journey for sure I mean I think that usually how it goes is like at the beginning you're like this is amazing oh my god I'm realizing all these great things Mm -hmm. like this is so joyful and then you're like oh fuck I've got to face all of my shit And actually it's a lot of fucking work. And Mm -hmm. if you're really following your intuition, what that is going to lead you to is letting go of a bunch of shit that is not in alignment with you and leaning into intuition that is genuine and true. Doesn't mean it's all going to be rainbows and butterflies. It's going to mean breakups. It's going to mean moving. It's going to mean quitting jobs. It's going to mean losing friends. Like that shit fucking hurts. Mm-hmm. And your ego does not want to let go of any of your identity. It's going to yeah. cling so fucking hard to that shit. That is why it's so hard. Yeah. Because to really get to the other side of that, you actually have to lose parts of who you are to be free. Yeah. The things that you're clinging to, the identities that you're clinging to as a person who is a victim or a person who is needy or a person who is um, helpless to the world you have to let that shit go if you want power. And that comes with a lot of responsibility. Straight up Spider-Man in here, okay? Like yeah. <laughs> it really like means you have to fucking take responsibility for yourself. And most people would rather not do that. And that is also a totally acceptable option. Yeah. It is okay to not choose that path. But if you are wanting that, it you gotta pay the fucking toll. Yeah. And that means loss mm-hmm. of a lot of shit, including parts of you. Yeah. That's, that's so, so impactful, but it's so hard to accept. Like, I, I really think that shedding your identities is one of the most like insane things that you'll go through because you go through that period of just like being confused about, you're like, what even is my actual identity? Like that's, I have felt that way for the last year, like immensely. And I feel like you've like 
watched me like roller coaster through For that. Sure. And it's like, I just, I wonder sometimes what like being on the outside has looked like being my friend. Like I even think about this with like my friendship with like, I always just like continuously reference Caleb because he's always here in the room. But I'm like, you met me in like such a totally different like season of my life. And I'm like, these people that came into my life as like this like, like relationship girly that was bodybuilding and like did all these things and like looking at me now it's like the, how did we get where is the map like how do we get here? and so I'm like always like what am I still wearing a mask who am I which one is this like yeah. what what are all these things and also mm. just this I think there's this pressure to like feel like you have to fit in a box yeah and you're somebody else who's really helped me with that to realize like you can be all of these things and it's like where I kind of was inspired for the name of this podcast was like those two things don't seem to go together but it's like you can be unhinged and responsible mm-hmm. and I was just like that has always been kind of my one true consistency which sounds ridiculous but like I one of my best friends in college I remember I'll never forget he looked at me we're still friends shout out Tony he like looked at me one day and he was like you are the most put together hot mess I've ever met in my entire life yeah and I was like thank you <laughs> you know yeah. and so I, but I've always like felt like I had to be in one place or the other. And I feel like we met at a time where it was like, if I was like bodybuilding and a business owner, everything needed to be like together and and uh-huh. it caused like all of this, like stress and anxiety, even in, even if the relationship was wrong for me, like understandably. So like with a partner who was like carefree and spontaneous, which mm-hmm. like, I was attracted to that partner because of those things. Cause those live in me, yeah. but I was like fighting all of those things mm-hmm. hence fighting with him about that all the time. Yeah. And now it's like, finding out, okay, I can run a business and be fun. I can like enjoy being fit and healthy and not have to be like obsessed with it. Like it can be this place that we like dive in and out of. Like Mm. I can want to go to the country music show and go to a race. Like I can, I can have all of those things about me and it doesn't really fucking matter what people say. Like that was so powerful. I think that that flexibility in expression is where most people find they become liberated yeah it's like when like whatever our shadow is whatever our shadow aspects are are parts of self that we have subconsciously hidden from view and made shameful and wrong and when you do quote-unquote shadow work um what that is is bringing up to light the parts of your subconscious that you've hidden from yourself as who you are and then you gain access to that Um, You gain access to be able to be whoever you want to be in any given moment without any shame or hesitation. I think of personality like a toolkit um, and identity like a toolkit. Like I can reach into my toolkit in any given moment. And if I happen to need a screwdriver for this specific situation, I got it. I can grab it. No problem. And I can screw that screw tight and Mm -hmm. I can then move on with my day and then be a fucking power drill later in the day and that's totally fine yeah I love that you always have like the greatest little analogies like <laughs> that was a weird one I didn't know I, which, I don't know a lot about tools so yeah. I was like really like, I didn't know where this is going but like, we got there I was like oh god okay I hate when I start an analogy that I'm not 100% sure that I'm gonna finish correctly and I was like okay name another tool name another tool name another tool <laughs> hammer hammer well then we know that you just came up with it so authentically in that moment so that's pretty great you know like that's great it's a little clunky when I do that but I like it that way you know <laughs> it just it makes me think of you had a you had a good one that was like similar along those lines about um when you get frustrated with yourself about like how you've handled a situation or reacting and you were talking about like like the grayed out drop down menu mm-hmm. it's like you have the drop down menu on how to handle this how to regulate your cns and like all those things and yeah. it's like sometimes if that's grayed out and you can't click it and that's okay it's literally impossible but it's like click. but it's like you know it's there 
and that's progress in itself and yeah. like the next time this happens like you can probably click it and it's like that's comforting yeah and that's what it's kind of reminding me of but yeah. I was just like Hannah and these analogies I do you and yeah. you and our friend Josh are like so good at like metaphors like coming up with just <laughs> absurd metaphors honestly I got it from my first mentor yeah um, she Annie Lala I love that bitch she is incredibly precise with metaphors like she knows how to get in your fucking world yeah. in your head and take whatever information that she has to deliver mm-hmm. and send it over in like the most perfectly packaged metaphor that is specific to you and I'm just like bitch what yeah that's amazing so I've like modeled a lot of the way that I try to convey information after her because it's so useful and so powerful that makes sense because I, I love hearing like you in that in that position like reflecting on that experience because it just makes me think of like when I even mentioned you in the other episode I was like one of my first mentors Hannah I love that bitch like it's like the same way (laughs) coaching is the ultimate positive pyramid scheme it's fucking it is like it's not even intentionally that way and it is and it's like I think of that comfortingly like I'm like I hope there's someone out there that's just like Kylie she mentored me I love her I mean like that actually is how knowledge is meant to be conveyed yeah like if you think back thousands of years when Mm -hmm. elders were the ones passing down information like that is how knowledge gets transferred yeah is through the conveyance from one human to another for sure it's fucking cool it is cool i cannot wait till we have avatar tales and we just (laughs) link those fuckers up to each other share all of our knowledge the internet is close we're not quite we're getting there we're it's I believe in it. We're okay, not a upgrade to the Avatar tales, though. I want to be able to fuck through them. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm here for that. Like, honestly. convey information, but also... Mm. Are you one of those people that, like, is of the same understanding of me that if an alien wants to abduct you, you're, like, in for it? Yeah. Yeah. I, like, Take I want... me away. I'm, like, people <laughs> have, like, people have this fear, and I'm, like, what? that would be so cool. Like, what do you want, like... What do you want to try? Let's see. What are we doing? <laughs> I'd be like, finally. Yeah. Like, I've been fucking alien. waiting. Like, <laughs> what is happening? Like, just think about, first of all, y'all know me. I'm always like thinking of the story. Like, so yeah, like do it for the plot. Like, people are really afraid of outer space. Yeah. It's my which me. I'm way more understandable. I'm just it's way more huge. afraid of like the ocean than the outer space, mm. honestly. Like, yeah. I mean, fucking I don't know. Sharks. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I actually. <laughs> ocean sidebar i the podcast i listened to i was dying the other day because she was talking about her whole family calls the ocean day house and there somebody was like what and she was like my mom my whole life has like instilled this fear in the ocean because she was like oh no the sharks don't come in my house and I, that's day house i don't go in day house <laughs> oh my god and i was dying she's like it's like this long-running family joke that she just like forgets about so she'll say things to people like they'll be like oh yeah we're gonna go to the beach and she's like oh day house like, that is so and funny. it was so pure to just like think of this like old southern mom that was like that's so cute but anyways yeah i'm more scared of day house than space house mm-hmm. so. <laughs> than <laughs> aliens homes than aliens house day, day house as well it is. but that house i don't know anyways um i'm gonna shift gears now and as, as if we didn't already <laughs> we're not gonna shift into outer space but <laughs> you you just gave so much wisdom that i like now want to you know turn it into from the responsible to the unhinged side. Something totally. Yeah. Okay. Totally. Okay. And put your seatbelts on, kids. I've made a lot of bad decisions. Exactly. So, because what I was bringing <laughs> up, so I said I'm going to be starting this like anonymous segment on this podcast where people can like submit their own stories and just kind of like, you know, there's a, there's a podcast I was to do that calls it like unburdening themselves and things like that. So mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, you know, let's unhinge anonymously, right? Yeah. So share your shit, tell us about it because 
part of like the thing is we carry all this shame around some of the dumb shit that we do. And then you feel better when you hear that mm. other people are out here doing dumb shit. Yeah. And especially when those are people who are also talking to you, like you just went through all this stuff. It's like, wow, she's so like emotionally mature and grown. And like, I am has done all these things. But I'm it's also... Like, exactly exactly so to know that one the beauty of duality exists and two that you have like been in these other spaces before you got here I feel like it's so encouraging people that feel like they're just stuck doing the dumb shit oh yeah so I'm asking people what is the most unhinged thing they've done or to share an unhinged story when it comes to dating love sex whatever it is yeah and so I'm gonna be asking all my guests that and this is your time what you got for us okay so I'm going to give context. Perfect. We love context. Uh, This was the most recent unhinged exploration that I've been on Uh, a couple years ago, almost exactly two years ago. Now I entered into this relationship with a person who identifies as a Dom. Okay. Um, Do I need to give context for that? You can, if you want. So BDSM kink, Mm-hmm. Um, the DS part of BDSM stands for dominance and submission. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, think like leader follower. So right. it's a power dynamic. Mm-hmm. Sexually, one person is in the control position or the leader position, and the other person is in the submissive position. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not necessarily uh, gender exclusive. I want to mention that because mm-hmm. I'm a switch. So wanna yay yay for switches. <laughs> um, And anyway, so that's context for that. So I entered into this relationship with a person who identifies as a dom and it was my first experience in submission in a formal setting. Um, And what I mean by formal, it was like very high protocol. Like I referred to him with a title, I called him daddy all the time. Um, I had a collar. Uh, which I wore and um, we were, we were in the power dynamic 24 seven. So that meant that um, essentially I was his property, um, which is insane. Yeah. Like, and I loved it. Like giving Christian gray for the public audience. You don't know. It's hundred (laughs) percent like 50 shades of gray. Yeah. Um, But fully with consent. Right. And fully something that I wanted to do, wanted to explore. Yeah. Um, So at the beginning, all rainbows and butterflies. I'm saying, yes, daddy, I'll do anything for you, daddy. Of course, mm-hmm. daddy. Like, right. yeah. Loving the shit out of it. Loving it out. Um, Love your truth. <laughs> so naturally, uh, um, okay, not naturally. I <laughs> am someone who well, at that time in my life was still really working on my people-pleasing patterns. Mm-hmm. And this uh, dynamic was the perfect opportunity for me to be completely unhinged in the way that I uh did not give a shit about my personal well-being yeah. whatsoever uh, to be able to follow instructions perfectly and be the best sub of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can imagine there's all sorts of things that happen mm-hmm. inside of that relationship that got really messy really quickly. Um, he also is someone that has a lot of trauma and should not be ethically in a dominant position. Okay. Um, so me being new, like I didn't know any better in right. that space. And also there was a part of me that was like, yeah, fuck it. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Um, and it just, it was just this perfect melding of both of our traumas into mm-hmm. this super fucking toxic DS dynamic. Yeah. Um, as far as specifics of unhinged things that I did, um, let's see, where <laughs> should I begin? Uh, one thing I did, so we were 
uh, poly open ish. And, um, he would find men for me to go on dates with through this app called field. Mm -hmm. Um, and he would set up dates for me, even though I didn't really want to go on these dates, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to make him happy. Um, and he had tasks for me to do on these dates. Okay. So one of the dates, um, what I, what my instructions were, were, were that this guy was going to come over to my house and immediately upon him entering my house, I was not allowed to say a word to him. I had to get on my feet, get on my knees, give him a blowjob, have him come on my face. And then I had to go to the grocery store with come on my face, oh. wearing a mask because COVID. Um, and oh, I had to man. buy myself a snack and then go home and then I could start the date with him. And I did all of those things. Oh my God. To the T. To the T. That is crazy. There's one. There's uh, one. Okay. It's the, it's the COVID mask for me. It's the, <laughs> it's the yeah, it's the mask. Really. That was the craziest part of well, all. Well, like, like the, like the cum was like crusted yeah. into my face. No. Oh my God. Here's, here's the, actually the funniest part of that story. So like, I, I really wanted to buy some wine to like take back to go to my date. Yeah, and so obviously. Next, <laughs> so next to each, this guy is like chilling at home after he just came on my face and he doesn't Like, did me. you, what did you say to him? Were you like, I'm just going to go to the store real quick? Like, he, knew, he knew all the he knew okay so the guys that, yeah you know he was informed okay on everything that was gonna that happen. makes it like slightly better yeah no like imagine this guy's just like in it like, no, 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 no no he knew he knew what was gonna happen okay he had agreed to all of this okay um so i was like i would like to have a glass of wine after this um so next to heb there's this lovely store called total wine and i went over to total wine and with my mask on, with crusty cum still on my face, underneath the mask. And I'm like, pick up my wine, go up to the front. And then I had this moment of being like, holy fuck, they're going to ask to see my ID and have me take my mask down. <laughs> what am I going to say when that happens? And that did in fact happen. And I didn't say a word. I just stared <laughs> eye contact with the cashier. They didn't say anything to me. I didn't say anything to them. We both knew that there was cum on my face and I left. <laughs> that happened that was part of it <laughs> your like just determination to commit to the task like okay. at that moment it would have been when I'm like I don't I'm not getting this live anymore like I will go <laughs> like that the follow-through is respected okay to be fair I also have an exhibitionist king yeah so uh, there's part of me that was like yeah fucking say something about the come yeah. on my face I Ex- dare you. explain what that means <laughs> yeah Sure. Oh, exhibitionist. Um, I like people watching me have sex. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So it's like for you, you're like, this is kind of exciting. It was it was exciting. It was I'll bite, I'll bite unhinged. It was very unhinged. Yeah. Um the other thing about this relationship with this Dom was um it was long distance for the first few months of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that meant that my tasks like to maintain the DS relationship, I had a lot of tasks to do on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of porn was made of me being on my own yeah um so I'll give one more unhinged story related to this perfect um so I had built in my home a sex room just like that show on Netflix how to build a sex room we were just watching that the other day I have one of those (laughs) um and in my sex room there is a cage that is not for a dog it is for me um and I remember Sarah oh yeah there is still a cage in my house it still exists um, there was an era where I was showing it on social media yes. and telling people about it. Yes. Um, and 
I don't know. It's I don't have a designated sex room in my new house, so it's just my bedroom. Wait, are we not in the Kitty Palace anymore? We no, we're in that, in okay, that house. Okay. It was my old house before oh, okay. I had the sex room. Got it. Um, so in my old house, I had the sex room, had the cage set up, had a ring light set up, full high level production here with my iPhone. <laughs> um, I would I would set up my water bottle and like lean my yes. camera against my water bottle to take really high quality videos. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the other things that we were into was pet play, um, which is essentially like, I take on the characteristic of some kind of animal, usually Mm -hmm. a cat or a puppy or, um, fox in my case was my number one. And I was going to say that for those of you who are listening, I have fiery red hair. Um, so I identify with a fox. Um, and I have these fox ears and daddy bought me a foxtail butt plug, which was really cute. But one of the videos is he asked me to, he told me to get a little, um, like dog, dog kitty bowl and then go and masturbate until I squirt into this bowl and then lap up my squirt like a dog and then go lay down in my cage. And I did all of those things because on I your am high production. a good girl yes. on my high production because iPhone. A good girl. It's still on my iPhone. <laughs> so someday, if the internet's lucky enough for that to be leaked, there's out. an OnlyFans waiting to happen. Oh my God, I have so much content. I, really I hope this episode gets like thousands of plays. <laughs> I, you know, I've revealed so many things to the internet about my sex life at this point I'm like sure what's another one it's just yeah Uh, it's like it is what it is I have a whole podcast designated to my gangbang so yeah this is yeah I mean so your your podcast now is rebranded it's real sex radio it is real sex radio so yeah so you know we this is what I love I like I said my whole premise of this podcast was like fucking anything goes Mm -hmm. and this is just firing it out but (laughs) what I could not help but think about while you're telling the story is that like it's really unfortunate for me if I ever decided that I want to venture into pet play and someone's like, what is your animal you identify with? What's your spirit animal? Because I'm like, it's always been a llama. And there's just not really, <laughs> there's just like not really anything sexy I can do with that. Yeah. It's like, unless people are really need to like being spit on. That's a thing. Hey. That is a thing. So it is a okay. thing. All right. All right. Okay. So, you know, any, right. any llama lovers out there, come at me. No, please don't. A lot of sleep lovers don't. out please, there. Yes. Myself <laughs> included. So you're good. <laughs> Oh my God. That's fantastic. So I love that because most of these stories are going to be like unhinged things. I think people have done in the context of like getting, which I guess it still fits that, but it's like getting attention or like out of desperation and things like that. So this Mm. was just such a different spit on it that I really, really enjoyed because I had no idea where we were going to go with that. And yeah, I enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah. I'm so happy. I mean, the way that relationship ended was also extremely unhinged because I like found out that there was a bunch of lies happening and then I got all of the people who were involved with the lies. Ooh. I somehow manipulated them all to come into <laughs> one room together and do Molly all at the same time. And it was fucking insane. Oh I my God. I'm like Elmo in the burning room, like burning that shit up. <laughs> it was so amazing. You know, when he's like, ah, yeah, that, that gift, that was me. <laughs> I felt so powerful. Why do I feel like I know who this is? You do. Okay. And you're not going to say that. No, I will not. I will not. <laughs> I know people who know this person also. Yeah. Are in- available to the podcast so yeah (laughs) yeah 
but I was like, I was like, I think I think I know what's happening. Yeah. As soon as you shared the Elmo tidbit, I was like, I remember this story. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. That is indeed unhinged. Yeah. I'm that's a story for a different day. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I will I'll have you back for all the stories. Oh my God. I, I also love that I had like just the brief mention of your uh home being the kitty palace. And oh, yeah. my cat has taken residency for our listeners only, not the video watchers, as just sitting with Hannah this whole time. He just sit right by me. So because she really, knows I'm a cat too. Yeah, you really do have just like kitty energy. Yeah, I wear cat ears a lot. Yeah. You do. Like usually when people see me out, they're like, oh my god, it's you with the cat ears. I wanted to change my it's you with the from red hair to cat ears, which I have transitioned successfully. I'm really proud of that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> do you get a lot of like that's like your main that's your main identifiers? People are like the redhead. Um, redhead, crazy dancer. Cat ears. Cat ears. Those are the three things. Yeah. That's fair. I don't know what my three things would be. It's definitely like a Taylor Swift girl. That's mm-hmm. like for sure one of mine. I'm aware of it. Yeah. But <laughs> so yeah. I don't I don't know what the rest are. I think also the sex thing is part of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Just horny. Horny. <laughs> that's, that's horny me. red cat lady. <laughs> yeah that's worth that well this is this has been fantastic this you this is what I love is that we went from this just like super like intensely wholesome like take something to learn and like the audience had no idea they were going to end up here no neither did I it's beautiful it's (laughs) it's a beautiful journey it is and that ladies and gentlemen has been my entire relationship with Hannah Diver so (laughs) it's just you never know what's going to happen but it's always going to be good always good and no I really can't say enough wonderful things about this woman um I'm so happy to know you and so happy to have you on here and just in my life I I often shout out big advocates of therapy all of us um and I love my therapist she's done so much for me but I often am like I said this to Caleb the other day I was like I think that Hannah has done more for me than therapy has and it's like been so great and I'm sure that that's from you know this earlier parts of the episode just the way you speak about things is not surprising to mm-hmm. anyone um and so I really hope that other people find you through this that haven't yet um and I'm gonna have you share where they can find you but it's just been it's been so cool to have you really be a part of like I was saying so much of my journey like it's been it's going on almost three years now that yeah. I've known you which is crazy and for you to see all those shifts kind of that I was talking about mm-hmm. and it was just such a compliment to me to meet up with you the other week and have you say you feel like I felt so grounded and yeah. in such a different place. So different. Yeah. It means the world to me. So yeah. it's like my favorite thing to watch people grow. Yeah. So I would get off on that shit. It's my number one king. Yeah. Well, especially when you've had a hand in helping it happen. Yes. I really, my ego loves that one. Your too. ego loves that one. Yeah. As it should. As it should. So, well, let them know, let the people know where they can find you and anything else like you want to plug. Um, I know we talked kind of about some of that earlier on, but anything you want to share, your socials. Um, for all the stalkers out there, I'm not going to tell you what my address is, um, <laughs> but uh, if you want to find me on the internet, uh, I'm at Hannah Deindorfer on Instagram and at I am Hannah the Red on TikTok. I'll link those for everyone because your last name is a doozy. It's a fucking, God, I can't wait to get married and get rid of that thing. <laughs> You're like one of those people that's I'm like- I'm looking for a Mr. Smith. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Smith, who is, I mean- I feel like you have a Smith, lot of eligible bachelors. Lee, great. It's just simple. simple. Fantastic. 
I love that for you. Well, I hope that everyone goes and follows you. And if this episode was powerful to you or just interesting to you or just made you laugh or say what the fuck at least once, it's worth a share, but it's definitely worth a review and it's definitely worth a rating. So do all the things. We've got the Apple, the reviews, the ratings. We've got Spotify, who has ratings now. And if you've been watching our beautiful faces on YouTube, comment, like, subscribe, do the thing. Uh, I really appreciate this. Hell yeah. Thank you so much, Hannah, for coming. Thanks for having me.